innocent victims of gun violence. These gangsters make our loved ones' life look so cheap. How the danger of gang warfare affects all of us. Healthcare bounce back. The most surgeries ever completed in a single year in BC. The stunning catch up in surgeries and how many patients are still waiting. Plus, cloud storage controversy. I was dumbfounded. I immediately just started crying because I thought, how could that happen? A couple reaches out for help when their entire photo library is seized by Amazon. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. The news that a BC corrections officer who was shot to dead, shot to death rather, in a Delta parking lot was a case of mistaken identity has focused fresh attention on the growing list of innocent victims of gang violence. And as Fermina Dea reports, one expert says the problem is the age of many of the shooters. How could the killers make such a catastrophic mistake? 29-year-old corrections officer Bikram Deep Randawa buying groceries when he was shot to death in a gang hit, a case of mistaken identity. I had this chill up my spine and I kind of thought that how can we allow this to carry on? Eileen Mohan has 15 years experience with crippling grief. Her only son, Christopher, also an innocent victim of gang violence. The 22-year-old on his way to play basketball when he was shot in the head in the Surrey 6 massacre in October 2007. The killer's target, Christopher's neighbor. These gangsters make our loved one's life look so cheap as if it's out there for sale and to be taken. Mohan, Randawa, so many innocent people murdered who had nothing to do with the gangsters who killed them. The ages of the gunmen, a colossal issue, says this gang expert. The problem is the guys that are doing these shootings are really young and very impressionable and completely naive to what it means to pull the trigger, right? You're, you're basically starting a process uh, in motion that's going to end in your death or jail or even drug addiction. In the Randawa matter, the intended target knows it was supposed to be him. Police told him. Investigators confident they know who pulled the trigger. But at this juncture in the case, there's not enough evidence to secure charges. Mohan adamant the law needs to evolve to deal with gang crimes. She says RCMP spent more than $50 million in the Surrey 6 killings, a case which is still before the courts 15 years later. Christopher's innocent life, life got taken. And what do the courts do? They cut sweetheart deals. And as long as that's happening in our court system, then this type of crime will revolve and occur over and over and over again. Romina Dea, Global News. Prince George RCMP say they have put a significant dent in the city's illegal drug trade. Take a look at what officers seized when they raided two homes, almost $400,000 worth of fentanyl, along with smaller amounts of suspected cocaine, methamphetamine, and a firearm. RCMP say this likely accounted for a large portion of Prince George's illicit drug supply. The two suspects are well known to police and have been released pending further investigation.
This is supposed to be a summer of more freedom as B.C. transitions into the endemic phase of COVID. But rising prices at the gas pumps might put an end to some of those trips before people even get out of the driveway. John Waugh reports. One year ago, it's like something clicked. A purchase that could take Donald Hu's camping dream whole new level. My family like to camping, so I'm thinking maybe I, I spend more money to buy the ROV. But what was supposed to be freedom on four wheels has now become another financial burden, with fuel prices on the rise. I, I will change the mind maybe. When you are full up to the more than 500. With prices at the pump once again peaking over $2.10 a litre and another record-breaking hike expected by week's end. Experts say it will likely only get worse as BC drivers make plans for the summer. You gotta drive, you gotta drive. Oh great, so I guess I'm not doing any road trips. Industry analysts say the surge in gas prices is tied to inflation, a low Canadian dollar, and European Union sanctions targeting Russian fuel. Add in the fact there are no quick solutions to increase domestic supply. The summer is not going to be any better than previous summers. I mean, there will be disturbances. There will be uh, peaks of demand, especially in the United States. Uh, and we are price takers. To ease the pain, the previously promised $110 ICBC rebate checks should be arriving in May and June. While many argue that's barely enough to fill up a tank, don't expect regular relief from the province. The rebate that's been, uh, that was announced is what is going out. Uh, and as I said, it's based on, uh, on ICBC's uh, finances. Maybe the government uh, cut a little bit the taxi. <laughs> I, I, I hope so. Donald Hu, like most British Columbians, is already rethinking his summer plans. Freedom on four wheels now restricted by rising gas prices. I saw the pump. My, my heart is jumping more than the, the gas. And how much more pressure at the pumps his heart can take. John Hua, Global News. ICBC will no longer seek costs from cyclists or pedestrians who are seriously injured in a collision, even if they bear some responsibility for the crash. The policy change stems from a case where cyclist Ben Bolliger received a bill for more than $3,700 for damages to a car that ran a stop sign and struck him last July. Bollinger suffered numerous broken bones and had his bike snapped in half. Solicitor General Mike Farnworth launched an investigation into the case, prompting this change in liability rules. After receiving a final police report on Bollinger's claim, ICBC has now found the driver 100% responsible for the crash. BC's health minister is touting the province's progress, clearing the backlog of surgeries cancelled throughout the pandemic. Adrian Dick says more surgeries were done in the last year than any other year in history. But as Richard Zussman reports, while many patients have been rescheduled, many more are still waiting. Clearing the backlog. We made a promise. We as a health system made a promise to the people of BC, and we're continuing to deliver on that promise. The province has now completed 99.8% of surgeries cancelled in the first wave of the pandemic, 96.2% of the cancelled surgeries in waves 2 and 3, and 78.9% of those cancelled most recently in waves 4, 5, and during the extreme weather events. When you do a surgery more quickly, which is what our goal is and what we're doing, 
it relieves pressure on other parts of the healthcare system. You can't, when you're looking at these things, take the individual out of the equation. The province completing 3,375,560 ,3 surgeries in 2021-22, a record. More than 21,000 more than 2020-21. A push buoyed by new staff and extra surgery rooms and evenings and weekends. But an all-out effort takes its toll. We're hearing about it in emergency departments with family physicians that are leaving the, the business, with walk-in clinics, having the longest time in the country. This is not a good trend. The system is still very much under pressure. Staff calling in due to COVID. And there's a shortage of family doctors. Nurses are being pushed to the brink as well, not just required to provide patient care, but to clean as well. In order for the system to keep on running, we are reliant on those nurses to keep on going above and beyond to keep the system going. And, you know, uh, the system is at the brink of collapse right now. Not all surgeries are completed in a timely manner. At University Hospital of Northern BC, people are waiting more than a thousand days for a knee replacement. At Surrey Memorial, nearly a thousand days. At UBC Health Sciences Centre, 890 days. Royal Inland, 717 days. And at all Greater Victoria Hospitals, the average 607 days. The overall sentiment is frustration from top down. The overall sentiment is, is uh, the, the staff that we need to do surgeries are being burnt out at an exponential rate. Uh, and as surgeons trying to take care of our patients, it's just a state of frustration. And um, I, don't, I, I, don't know, I don't see a solution right now. I don't see that we're caught up. And not catching up means for some British Columbians, even more time in pain. Richard Osman, Global News, Victoria. Keith Baldry joins us now with some other interesting new healthcare numbers that dropped today. Keith? Yeah, this is all about the staff. So, Adrian also releasing numbers uh, today that go beyond surgeries. And the good news is we are seeing more people hired. There are net increases, even as many people are starting to retire in healthcare. It's not uh, uh, unusual there. Every sector is seeing a retirement from baby boomers. So, here's how some of the health professions break down. Uh, last year, licensed practical nurses, a net increase of 42. Registered nurses, even more of a net increase of 178. Post recovery nurses, 79. Medical device technicians, this is a key uh, position. 55 is the increase. And anesthesiologists, an increase of 81 in terms of net. But those are just numbers. Also, I've seen a health ministry document today that does talk, as Richard pointed out in his story, and you heard from the nurses' union, there is significant burnout and fatigue being experienced, particularly by surgical nurses. And when it comes to medical device uh, technicians, it's a challenge to get them to go to some of the more rural and remote areas. So the good news is we're, they seem to be keeping pace with retirements. But uh, the bad news is some small towns and rural communities out there are seeing a shortage of healthcare professionals as people are not being replaced on a timely basis in some of the smaller communities around BC. Good news is, again, no one saw the level of surgeries returning this quickly, and hopefully we can maintain a grip on the number of human resources that are required to maintain to run the system effectively. Is it a tricky situation. All right, thanks for that, Keith. Do you feel like May is more like a maybe not? Spring has definitely been cooler and wetter than usual. So how are you handling it? That's next on the News Hour. Jays fans weren't celebrating a Yankees home run last night, but they sure appreciated what happened right after that. The touching moment caught on camera and new developments later. 
Also coming up tonight, forest creatures. A local artist turns her hobby into an emerging career. That's coming up. Right now, though, April showers are supposed to bring May flowers and at least a little bit of sunshine. Come on. And while we've had some blooms, most of the days this spring have been too wet to work in the garden. As Aaron MacArthur reports, the weather isn't just dampening yards, it's dampening spirits as well. And there's hard data to back it up. The cherry blossoms have come and gone. Flowers seem as vibrant as ever. Spring certainly looks the part, but it has felt anything but spring-like. Cooler than normal, gloomier than normal, the weather in April was iffy at best. Now the rush is on to get planting season underway. It has been a crazy slow start to spring uh, for the growers and for gardeners. Uh, I know I have dahlias that I still haven't planted yet because I don't want to go kneel in the mud. It's not just a feeling that the weather has been suboptimal. The data from Environment Canada backs it up. For the month of April, Vancouver's mean temperature was 8 degrees. 1.4 degrees cooler than normal. An unusual cold snap in the middle of the month really pushed temperatures down across the province. The island saw snow, Nanaimo recording 244% of its normal rainfall. The interior was often well below seasonal conditions. Prince George and Cranbrook both three degrees colder than normal. It was Cranbrook's fourth coldest April on record. A lot of this cold air got stuck and a ridge of high pressure was kind of over the interior of BC. So everything that came in from the Pacific, and that's where we usually get our systems from, kind of stalled over Vancouver Island. Still plenty of snow around. Grouse Mountain has 10 centimeters of fresh this week and is selling ski tickets until the middle of May. Cooler nighttime temperatures have prolonged the spring melt, but scientists are watching for a sudden sharp rise in May temperatures which could lead to a rising risk of flooding. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. Well, meteorologist Christy Gordon joins us now with more on these spring trends. Christy, still a little cool. What's next? Well, not much of a change, unfortunately, Chris. Now, with spring months, we tend to get large swings in temperature where it's not out of the question for us to get high teens, close to 20 degrees across the south coast. And that hasn't happened. The reason is we've had a series of relentless cold upper level troughs. What that means is a trough or a drop in the jet stream. Here's a look at what we're going to be contending with tomorrow. And it's exactly that. Even as we head into the weekend, a big drop in the jet stream over western Canada, massive pool of cold air over our region. And and uh, eastern sections across Canada are not dealing with that. So this is into this weekend, and it looks like this pattern will continue as another trough of low pressure or cold air will shift in into next weekend also. Chris, back to you. Oh, not what anyone wanted to hear specifically, except people fighting wildfires. Well, knocks them down a bit. Thanks very much, Christy. Well, the worker shortage has hit bus service in Victoria. BC Transit had to cancel dozens of trips in the greater Victoria area today. And the company is warning passenger service might suffer more disruptions. As Kylie Stanton tells us, other transportation companies are facing the very same issue. Catching the bus always seems to be a game of hurry up or wait. For about um, 10 15 minutes and today passengers just couldn't win uh, it's really frustrating and uh, one of them was cancelled so i have to work, wait one more hour to take the next one 
BC Transit warning riders to expect service interruptions. Route 15 between Esquimalt and Uvic was hit hardest, with 23 trips cancelled, followed by the four from downtown to Uvic with 19, then the 26 where 14 were cut between Uvic to Dockyard. Twelve other routes were also affected. We are facing some challenges, a uh, combination of, of uh, labour shortages, and there has been recently a spike in, in employee illness. But BC Transit is not alone. Are you just joining the security line? Travellers moving through the Vancouver International Airport are experiencing huge delays as the Canadian Air Transport Security Authority struggles to find staff. Despite hiring nearly 600 people this year, it's not smooth sailing for BC Ferries just yet. There are occasions where we do have to cancel service on short notice, so we're certainly not immune to it, but I can assure you that we have a team that is actively recruiting as many new hires as possible. The same is true at BC Transit. Throughout the course of the pandemic, the Crown Corporation has received millions in funding to help address these issues. To stabilize the workforce, to make sure we have reliable frequent service, and that we're able to continue our expansion plans in communities right around BC. In Victoria, 98% of scheduled service has been maintained. But passengers hoping to catch a ride on that cancelled 2% won't be going anywhere. Fast. It's really hard. <laughs> Kelly Stanton, Global News, Victoria. Just ahead, photos seemingly held hostage. I felt like they were stolen from us. Consumer Matters helps a couple get a lifetime of memories back. But first, new parking restrictions at Bunsen Lake. What you need to know before you go. Good evening. Traffic is steady in both directions over here at the Patello Bridge with just some minor congestion southbound down McBride through the Queen's Park stretch and on the Columbia Street on-ramp to head south. Today's Lotto Max 649 jackpot is an estimated $5 million plus an additional guaranteed $1 million prize. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One at the Patello Bridge. Beautiful Bunsen Lake and its surrounding hiking trails are a summer favorite for many people in B.C., but in order to fully enjoy all it has to offer, you have first had to navigate the parking lot and all of its traffic chaos. Now, as Grace Key reports, officials are hoping a new online reservation system will help curb some of those frustrations. This cloudy spring weekday offers a peaceful retreat for Antonio at Bunsen Lake. I guess the weather scares people, you know. But compare that with a beautiful summer day at this popular BC Hydro Reservoir in Anmore. Lots are full, traffic is backed up, and neighbors not so happy. If you have to get out early in the morning, you can't. It's pretty, pretty busy. Yeah, lots of, uh, it's uh, hard to find a parking lot. To alleviate the congestion, BC Hydro is launching a new free parking online reservation with its roughly 600 stalls. You book a day before your visit and pick a morning or afternoon time slot. All day passes are not being offered right now. Reservations are connected to vehicle license plates and are non-transferable. When you arrive at Bunsen, you're going to have to provide proof of your reservation, a digital copy or a printed copy to the staff. Anyone who doesn't have a, a reservation to present to staff will be turned away. More day-use parks are turning to reservation systems with people flocking to enjoy the outdoors, especially during the pandemic. The idea got some mixed reviews from people out enjoying the lake. Thank you. 
not. Well, I hear a lot like camping reservations. It's a pain in the ass to do and it's probably be the same with this one. It might be nice to know that you have a confirmed reservation and you can just pack up all your stuff and come here and know that you have a spot. It's a it's great be- idea. Better yeah. for both yeah. sides, people that live up here and people that want to come to the park. As for no-shows or people who may go over their time slots? We're just asking people to respect the system and if you uh, show up with your morning or afternoon time slot, honour honor the time of day that you're showing up because there might be someone uh, waiting to utilise it. You can visit BC Hydro's website for more information. The reservation system runs between June 27th to September 5th. This is a pilot project, so BC Hydro will see how it goes over the summer. Grace Key, Global News. Hoping to avoid a repeat of last year, some trails in Stanley Park are being closed while coyotes are denning. Several trails near Pipeline Road and Stanley Park Drive are off limits to give the animals space to raise their pups. The park board issued a warning in March about denning season in the park. People are being encouraged to stay away from coyotes, never feed them because that can lead to aggressive behavior. That problem resulted in nearly a dozen of the animals being put down after multiple people were bitten last year. Well, for many of us, family photos and important life events are often stored in a cloud storage service. But what happens if you're suddenly cut off from accessing those photos? That is exactly what happened to a couple who had hundreds of images stored with Amazon Photos. Desperate, they reached out to Consumer Matters for help. And Anne returned the call. Anne. (laughs) Thanks so much, Chris. Not only was the new Westminster couple locked out of their Amazon Photos account, they were accused of breaching the company's terms of use and risk losing their photos permanently. Oh, that's a good one of you. Go back. Jerry and Gina Parhar have taken countless photos over the years. Fond memories backed up in a cloud storage platform called Amazon Photos through their Amazon Prime account. I thought... It would be a great place to make sure that our photos are never lost. For years, the couple says they uploaded and downloaded images from their Amazon account without issue until this past January. Gina says she was downloading photos when out of the blue, she was locked out of her account. I was dumbfounded. I immediately just started crying because I thought... How could that happen? Jerry contacted Amazon right away and was told the matter would be investigated further. But what followed came as a shock. Amazon telling Jerry, your Amazon Drive account has been permanently suspended. Your account was locked because content in the account violates our terms of use, which require that you use our service in a lawful manner. I didn't know what we were being accused of, but nobody would tell us. And perhaps even worse, the couple was denied access to their precious photos. I felt like they were stolen from us. Consumer Matters reached out to Amazon on the couple's behalf and received the following statement. After further review, we've reinstated this Amazon Photos account and informed the customer. It really meant a lot to get those photos back there. They're just so precious to us. Mike Agarbo, host of Get Connected Radio, says when it comes to storing photos, it's important to be redundant. Make sure that you have them backed up at home, but also you have uh, at least one or two cloud services as well to make sure that they are protected. Amazon eventually emailed Jerry and Gina stating their account was locked in error. Still, the couple says it's lesson learned, now storing and backing up their photos elsewhere. They've also cancelled their membership with Amazon Prime. The bottom line is the company, the big companies don't really care about us and 
it just made us feel terrible to the point where I will never use Amazon again. Now, Consumer Matters did ask Amazon how often Amazon Prime customers are cut off from an alleged violation that isn't disclosed to them. But that question went unanswered. As for storing photos, Mike Agarbo also suggests having an external hard drive that will automatically back up all your photos. And if you have a consumer issue for me, you can email me at consumermatters at globalnews.ca. All right. Great work, Anne. Thank you. Up next, more weapons to help Ukraine defend itself as Russia steps up its attacks and residents of Lviv try to get life back to normal. And proof there's still a lot of kindness in the world. A young boy meets his baseball hero after a wonderful act of kindness from a Blue Jays fan. We are at the Alex Fraser Bridge where traffic is in good shape both north and southbound. Just a little leftover traffic eastbound on the east-west connector between Knight and the S-curve through Richmond. Through a new charitable partnership between Kermac Cares for Kids and Surrey Memorial Hospital, when you choose Kermac Collision and Autoglass, you also support the Surrey Memorial Children's Health Center. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One at the Alex Fraser Bridge. The head of the U.N. body investigating war crimes across Ukraine says she has never seen such intensity in the atrocities her teams are documenting. Global's Crystal Gamansing looks at the immense scope of these investigations as they seek justice in an active war zone. Monitors from the United Nations are tasked with investigating many forms of international law violations. And the head of the mission in Ukraine says there's a lot of work to do. A man came out, he told us the story how uh, he, he witnessed the execution of one of his neighbours. Um, he had to bury the man's body. These are the types of stories that, that just randomly, these are not people that we had particularly known about and, and targeted ourselves to, to speak to. Meeting with Global News in a nondescript building in Kiev, Matilda Bogner explains how her team of 60 has started investigating 300 unlawful deaths and those are just the ones from liberated areas around the capital. Compared to the other conflicts I've worked on, the intensity is much higher. The numbers of victims uh, over a short period of time is, is much higher than I have personally seen uh, in, in other conflicts. When locations such as Mariupol are safe enough to access, Wagner says the workload for her team will rise. It's critical, she says, that as many accounts as possible are documented, not just for possible future prosecutions, but for society. And that's why I see it's very important that the United Nations is doing this work, uh, because then that is a, a, trust, a trusted source uh, that, that the world can look at and can use for making a judgment. No one will fully be able to understand the scope of the violations until the teams can openly travel and talk with witnesses. And the head of the mission says that might not be possible for years. Crystal Gamansen, Global News. Kiev, Ukraine. During the pandemic, families of hospitalized COVID patients went through a difficult journey themselves, not able to see their loved ones. Now a new study is shedding some light on just how traumatic the experience is, not just for those who had to fight the virus, but for relatives who couldn't be there to offer support. Global's Jamie Marocker shows us why. Just over a year ago, Jared Linder was hospitalized for COVID-19 and put into a coma for 40 days. Now he's on the long, slow road to recovery. I had to reason how to walk. 
eat everything. It was basically starting over my whole life. Linder's partner, Ashley Young, has been by his side. But when the now 33-year-old was in hospital, pandemic restrictions kept her away. It was the toughest thing I've ever had to go through. Just having someone that I love, not like not knowing if he was going to be back or if he was going to make it through. And that stress can lead to some serious outcomes. A new U.S.-based study revealed almost 64% of relatives of COVID patients in ICU experienced significant symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, in the months that follow. Pre-pandemic, the number was between 15 and 30% for families of patients who were in ICU, according to author and critical care doctor Timothy Amos. That distrust, not being able to be at the bedside and participate in the care of your loved one in the way that we know was helpful, the interplay of those things was really traumatic to people. Researchers also found certain populations, women, Hispanic people, and those who have previously taken medication for a psychiatric condition were at higher risk of PTSD, depression, and anxiety. Amos hopes the statistics push healthcare providers to look beyond survivors. Young says she battled depression in the months after Linder was admitted. I was kind of having some flashbacks and it was really making my my life hard to get through. Since both have sought help, resilient and determined to heal physically and emotionally. Jamie Marocker, Global News, Toronto. BC mayors will be competing in some friendly competition to raise money and awareness for food insecurity in our province. The Greater Vancouver Food Bank says it saw an uptick of clients in December, and that need continues. The fundraising challenge, which is now in its second year, will see nine city mayors participating to see who can raise the most money per capita, with proceeds going to help those in need. The total campaign goal is $500,000. And we've signed up about 5,100 clients uh, in the last nine months. So we are definitely seeing um, an increase in people coming to the food bank for the first time and also returning who haven't been here for a while. To us, it's really sort of 50% awareness within their communities, raising that awareness level of people who live in these different municipalities of their own food bank, the need, how they can help, whether it's volunteering or donating. Last year, the city of North Vancouver came out victorious raising nearly $69,000. Pretty good total. All right, coming up, artistic talent that really sticks out. To do art that's compostable and eco-friendly is pretty cool. How her forest creatures turned into a paying gig. And how the home run that melted hearts at last night's Blue Jays game led to this emotional moment in the dugout. Next. Take a look at this amazing tornado video. Surveillance cameras at City Hall and Andover, Kansas, captured the twister as it moved through town last week. It becomes larger and darker as it picks up debris and begins moving closer to the building. At one point, trees planted in the parking lot are ripped out of the ground and sucked into the twister. Miraculously, officials say there were no deaths as a result of this storm and only a handful of injuries. But more than 1,000 buildings were damaged. And you can see why that is moving. Wow. All right, let's bring in meteorologist Christy Gordon with a look at our weather forecast. And we mentioned earlier, of course, Christy, it's been so dull lately. I actually had forgotten that we transitioned to May because I would have expected more out of May. (laughs) 
if it weren't for some of the flowers that are around, I, I agree, Sophie. I mean, it has been uh, very cold, as we did explain, uh, below seasonal for this time of year. The other thing is, although we see near uh, normal precipitation, the number of days of rain has been far above average. So it's been gloomier and colder. As I showed you earlier, we've got these what we call upper level troughs. It's a drop in the jet stream where the jet stream drops south over Western Canada. And again, I want to explain, we have a massive pool of this that's going to shift in over the weekend. So over the Mother's Day weekend, we're talking about a good two to six, potentially more degrees below seasonal for this time of year. Now we may have a brief warm up next week, but then another pool of cold air is expected to shift in. This is the long range that we look at. So there's still the possibility that it could change. We'll keep our fingers crossed, but overall not much change in the forecast. So look at these temperatures for Kelowna, 13 degrees for Mother's Day, five degrees below seasonal. There's that warm up that I talked about come midweek, but then it looks like it drops once again, and we are not going to see much of a warm up across Metro Vancouver. Tomorrow's daytime highs, we're talking about 10 or 11 degrees. Meanwhile, we are also going to see rainfall once again. It will ease a little bit on Friday before another wave of rain shifts in on Saturday. So it's one thing after another for our area, that's for sure. So these are your below seasonal values for southern interior regions. The bulk of the rainfall will be across the south coast, but it will be uh, definitely wetting through the interior regions as well. So 10 or 11 degrees tomorrow is definitely going to feel chilly. Even as we head into our Mother's Day, we will continue with those conditions. Tonight's central windows weather window coming to you from Blue River. Allen's sharing this. This is the sunrise uh, casting a beautiful orangey yellow hue on the river there. It's like a painting. Thank you, Christy. Well, you don't often see fans of two Major League Baseball teams hugging it out during a game. But check out this video that's gone viral. You say he gets away with a lot of those and it's hard for Last night's Toronto Blue Jays game, Yankees superstar Aaron Judge hits a monstrous home run in the sixth inning. The cameras follow the ball to the stands where a Blue Jays fan grabbed the ball but quickly turned around and gave it to a young Yankees fan wearing a Judge jersey right behind him. It was quite the moment. Hugs and tears followed and of course it went viral. And it didn't end there either. Major League Baseball tweeting out video of both Derek Rodriguez and Mike Lanzalotta getting to meet Aaron Judge before tonight's game. Derek immediately bursting into tears and giving Judge a big hug. Although the video doesn't have much audio on it, at one point it appears Judge asks Derek, who's your favorite player? And of course Derek points to Judge and then shows him the back of his jersey. The Blue Jays tweeting a picture of the happy reunion. Derek holding his now autographed ball. The Yankees have invited both of them and their families to New York to watch a game. Cutest thing ever. Very cool. Uh, I just realized we teased that story in the next break. I'm going to have to get rid of that. Um, Marsha. Are you explaining that to Marsha? I'm explaining that to Marsha as we go on the, uh, as we go, because I thought it was later in the show. Anyway, I'm glad we had it when we did, because it was such a cool moment. More (laughs) awesome. Well, that's it. Let's just start the show over again. You didn't. Didn't I? No, you did Stick Dragon. No, what's this one then? Oh, okay. All right, sorry. We'll get it all straightened out in in editing. I got it here. Okay. Uh, Coming up this Friday, Vancouver Giants, Kamloops Blazers. The Giants, of course, won their first round series over Everett. Nobody expected that. So this is going to be a pretty good all-BC series. We'll talk about that and show you a huge comeback in the Champions League today.
No, I know We're what having you did. a family dispute. I know what you did. <laughs> you know what I did? Yeah, well, let's just see what video plays. So let's just roll it and see what happens. No, it's not the... Baseball oh, it is the, it dragon is the dragon. You just artist. wrote the wrong script. Okay, good. I wrote the wrong script. This is in coming it. up later anyway. Very cool story <laughs> and an artist now making a living doing what she loves. That's later. <laughs> It was a unanimous decision that I throw to Squire tonight because this one maybe I can't be trusted. needs a moment. <laughs> See what happens when you don't show up at rehearsal? The texts are flying. All right. <laughs> Vancouver Whitecaps are, of course, trying to fix things fast before this season goes down the drain. So today they brought in a veteran fullback, Luis Martins, who's been around the MLS a lot. The uh, Whitecaps will play Sunday at home against Toronto FC at 1 o'clock. Right now, Vancouver at the bottom of the tank. Four points, eight games. Well, the Lightning uh, were run over by Toronto in game one of this series, but you know the Leafs aren't going to make it easy for themselves. If they did, they wouldn't be Toronto. Victor Hedman scoring there on a power play. They get the first goal of game two, another power play goal. Victor Hedman It's now 4-1 in the third period for uh, Tampa Bay over Toronto. It looks like the Lightning might tie this series 1-1. Okay, the Vancouver Giants, which have now become the Vancouver Giant Killers, because of what they did in round one of the Western Hockey League playoffs. Nobody expected them to get through the first round, and now they are going to face another playoff Goliath in Kamloops in round two. That series starts Friday. It's the first time in 12 years these two franchises have played each other in the postseason. And as I said, nobody thought they would in the second round this year. The mighty have fallen. The Vancouver Giants have made history in 2022. Never before had an eighth seed knocked off the number one team until the Vancouver Giants dispatched the Everett Silvertips in six games. Nobody expected the Giants to be accepting the congratulatory handshakes, not when you tumble in the playoffs, having lost 11 of your final 12 hockey games. We've been pretty inconsistent during the season here, but uh, I feel like our game and our team uh, finally uh, got together here, and uh, yeah, uh, the result speaks for itself. You know, we, we looked at, at the postseason as a, as a new lease on life and, uh, and, and got, got mobilized, got, got focused, and, uh, and, and got things off on the right foot. Obviously, that was big, getting a, getting a win in Everett in Game 1, which I think cemented the belief. I think the belief was there before we started the series, but uh, I think that really cemented things. We're about to find out just how firm that new Giants foundation is because next up is Logan Stankoven and the Kamloops Blazers. Blazers finishing a Coquihalla Highway stretching 46 points ahead of the Giants in the regular season, winning 10 of the 12 games between the two teams. Puck out front, they score! That'll be a tough series. They're a really high-skilled team. They got a really deep team there. and It's no secret that they had success against us in the regular season, but um, we have confidence going into this um, just as much as we did going into last series. and. We think it's going to be a good series. As a hockey fan, you couldn't ask for a better matchup between these BC Division rivals. It features four of the top five leading playoff point getters in Zach Ostopchuk, Fabian Lizell, Logan Stankoven, and Alex Cotton. I mean, obviously in round two it's going to be intensified, but I mean, we don't like these guys, and I'm sure they don't like us either. And I mean, that's just how, it, how it's been for a while now, and uh, yeah, we're really excited to get going. 
Carlo Ancelotti, the legendary manager who has a place in West Vancouver. His wife is from Vancouver, taking on Man City as they try to figure out who's going to face Liverpool in the Champions League final. Mares, great goal. Looks good for Man City, up 5-3 in aggregate, but look what happens. Late in the game, Rodrigo from Benzema, 5-4 on aggregate. And then about mm, two minutes later, again Real Madrid. Rodrigo again. So extra time. And Karim Benzema gets the PK. And this means lights out for Manchester City. It's Real Madrid and Liverpool in the final. One of these days, the Seattle Seahawks will likely play a regular season game at BC Play Stadium as part of the NFL's international series of games. But first, the Seahawks are going to play in Germany. It was announced that Seattle and Tampa Bay will play a game in Munich on November 13th, the first ever NFL regular season game played in Germany. There will also be games this season in England, as there always are, and Mexico in the coming season, which I guess is this season coming up. Mm -hmm. You can say it many ways. And not be wrong. It all makes sense. Yeah. Thanks, Squire. All right, stick around for amazing works of art that will really grow on you. You'll see what I mean. See what you did there. You see that? Jordan Armstrong is here now with a preview of what's coming up tonight on Global News at 11. Jordan? Sophie, tonight we're going to hear from the cyclist whose unbelievable case triggered today's policy change at ICBC. Ben Bollinger was billed more than $3,700 for damages to a car that ran a stop sign and struck him last July. As we told you earlier, ICBC has now backpedaled, finding the driver 100% responsible and is promising not to bill cyclists or pedestrians if they get seriously hurt. But tonight at 11, we'll tell you why Bollinger was surprised by today's announcement and why he believes it is only a first step. That and baby news and video involving the K-Pod family of orcas at 11. Sophie. Love it. All right. Thanks for that, Jordan. Very cool. All right, Squire's here, and we're kind of revisiting an artist who has been featured on the NewsHour before, right, Squire? That is correct. Nikki Lewis, who um, can make any forest rather enchanted by (laughs) using what's in the forest to make art. You'll see what I mean. Last year, Nikki Lewis filled Robert Burnaby Park with all types of environmentally friendly sculptures that she had done herself and it drew crowds. And while some might not have liked the fact that she just did it without checking with anyone first, in the end, it all worked out for the best. I got a lot of attention. Some of it was wanted, some of it wasn't. Um, And that enabled me to be able to do art full time. Nikki started getting commissions for her work from private citizens and municipalities. And she's now building sculptures at Deer Lake Park for the upcoming Burnaby Blooms Festival. There will be 13 in total, uh, including a life-size pegasus and what I'm calling a tree troll. So he's going to be on an old stump and have a a big arm that's kind of pointing your way to the dragon. And this is Aster the Dragon, which is around 25 feet long, built over six weeks in 10 different sections from a green waste pile Burnaby had given Nikki near Deer Lake. The head is primarily built out of dogwood, uh, yellow dogwood, and then just a mashup of all kinds of things. There's some rhododendron trimming in there, there's some cedar, there's some plants I don't even know. (laughs) Basically whatever they brought me that looked like it belonged in the dragon went in the dragon. And none of these are sketched out ahead of time? No. (laughs) 
<laughs> nope, it's all in my brain. And uh, I just have to, it's why people have asked if they could come help, but because it's all in here, I can't, you know, I could tell them, but that doesn't mean they'll understand what I'm saying. And since Nikki is still new at this kind of art, she has learned a lot in the time since she put up her sculptures in Robert Burnaby Park. As long as the artist is understanding that it's temporary, right? That's been a big thing for me. Losing my sculptures in Robert Burnaby was a big lesson, and I'm actually grateful that I lost them because it kind of made me understand and appreciate that this has always been temporary from the beginning. They were never meant to last, and so it's just the cycle, the cycle of the art. That is pretty cool. Oh, um, and this is all part of the uh, Burnaby Blooms Festival this month. Ah, there you go, right there, if you want to learn more about it. Burnaby.ca slash blooms, for mm -hmm. those of you who might be listening on the radio or some, I don't know, do we do that still? <laughs> yeah, we do, uh, we do, don't we? The first half hour of the show. You know, we really got to figure out what's going on with this show. We're having a lot of we really conversations. Do. <laughs> yeah. It seems like everybody knows what happens on this show except the four of us. I think from 6 to 6.30 it is on the radio, but no. from 6.30 yes. after it's mm -hmm. Global else. National. It's Global National. Global National. And by radio we mean CKNW. Listen to it now. That's right. But not right now. Uh, and before we go, Christy has the last word on this miserable spring weather. Yeah, I have to admit, I have no idea what's going on in the weather either, you guys. Uh, no, uh, yeah, so we've got rain on the way tomorrow, and it is going to be cold. We're talking about 10, 11 degrees. That is a good 5 to 4, 4 to 5 degrees below seasonal for this time of year. Okay. We still have January to go. This is not good. Thanks very much, though, Christy. I appreciate it. Our director says we need to end it, end the show now. Right now. Have a good night, everybody. Good night, all. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.